Okay, let's Bibles this morning and turn to Matthew uh, chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. <coughs> and let's just read from verse 29 and then we'll open the word of prayer. Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Let's give me no time to the Lord in prayer. Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful opportunity of being here this morning. We thank you for your word, Lord, where you reveal yourself unto us, and uh, Lord, these wonderful truths. And Lord, I pray that today you would uh, just quiet each of our hearts, that we would come ready to receive from you, that Lord, you would give us understanding of the passage that's before us. Lord, I pray that you would uh, empower me through your Holy Spirit this morning, give me wisdom and guidance as I speak, it would indeed be your words, it would be your thoughts, and that Lord, you would receive all the glory, the honour and the praise, and we pray these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, of course, uh, we've been going through uh, some of the the parables of our Lord that he uh, taught while here on earth, and uh, we started out by looking at some of the parable sayings, and most recently we've been looking at some of the parable similitudes uh, that Christ gives to us. And basically in these similitudes, Christ takes a common everyday thing and he uses it as a metaphor to teach us spiritual truth. Now, of course, we considered um, in the last couple of messages, we considered Matthew chapter 5 and we saw how the Lord gave us two parable similitudes in quick uh, succession there. Ye are the salt of the earth, and then ye are the light of the world. And we saw that these two make it clear what our purpose as believers is here on earth, and what effect our testimony is to have upon this sinful world. And now this morning, as we come to the close of Matthew chapter 11, we find that the Lord, once again, uses a parable similitude here uh, to teach the people uh, spiritual truth, and this time to teach concerning the matter of serving him. And this time the Lord takes the yoke, uh, the yoke used to harness uh, the ox for work, and he uses the yoke this time as the foundation of this metaphor, this parable, similitude. And he gives it to us here in the form of a loving command. He says there in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. And so it's a loving command. A loving command to take his yoke, to choose to bear his yoke of service. Before we consider exactly uh, what this means, we first need to consider the context of the parable. So that's our first point this morning, the context of the parable. And the context is found by going back to verse 28, first of all. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, immediately before giving this loving command or call to take his yoke upon us, immediately before this, Christ gives us another command or another call. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And the two commands are different. They don't typify the same truth. 
The first command in verse 28 typifies for us salvation, while the second command, which we mentioned earlier, typifies service. You know, the order in which Christ gives these two commands is important because salvation must come before service. Now, we cannot serve the Lord without first coming to Him in faith and receiving the Lord as our Savior, having our sins washed away, as we saw around the Lord's table this morning, being redeemed. And Christ says here in verse 28, He says, Come unto me. Come unto me. You know, with these words, Christ makes it very clear that we must come unto Him for salvation. He and He alone is the source of salvation. He and He alone is the answer to those who, He says, are uh, labor and are heavy laden. These are the ones that Christ calls to come under, under him. He says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. You see, these words speak of the burden of sin, uh, the burden of guilt. It also speaks of the weariness of trying to keep the law to be saved. You know, he's speaking to the Jews here and so, you know, they've been under the Pharisees and they've been under this weight of the law trying to keep the law to be saved. It's a futile effort and the, the burden of sin, the burden of guilt only gets heavier upon us. And Christ says to those who feel the weight of their sin, the weight of their guilt, he says, come unto me. Come unto me for salvation. Come unto me, he says, and I will give you rest. This is the promise. He says, come unto me if you're you labor and you're heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. And the rest that Christ is speaking about here is peace with God. It's peace with God. You know, the burden, the, the weariness of sin comes from being separated from God by our sin. Condemned to spend eternity in hell separated from Him. That's where the burden of sin comes from because there's no way to restore that fellowship with God. But when we recognize our sin recognize that the condition we are in and we turn to Him, we come to Him in faith, Christ promises to give us rest. He promises to take that burden away. Isn't that what the, the hymn wonderfully declares? Burdens are lifted at Calvary. The burden of sin is lifted at Calvary. Through Christ, we stand redeemed. We have rest. We have peace with God. And so in these words of verse 28, we have our Savior's wonderful, loving call to come unto Him for salvation. To come unto Him and be free from the weight of sin that is condemning us to hell. And, you know, so the first thing we need to ask this morning is, you know, do you know Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you answered that call? Have you come unto Him for faith, you know, in, in faith, understanding the burden that you're under? Have you experienced the rest, the peace that only Christ can give? You see, it's following this first call, come unto me, this call for salvation, that Christ now gives the second call, the call to service. And so notice with me secondly here this morning, the call in the parable. The call in the parable, let's read verse 29. It says, take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. As I said, it's those who have obeyed the first call, those that have come unto him, 
and Christ has given them rest, peace with God, it's those ones that Christ now calls upon to take his yoke upon them. And so if you're here this morning, we're saved. We know the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. This call is for us. He's calling us to take his yoke upon us. I mentioned earlier, this is a call to service. You know, the yoke was used to harness the ox for work. And so Christ here is calling upon us as believers, those of us who found rest in Christ, he's calling upon us to now take his yoke of service upon our shoulders and to labor for him. It's the call of discipleship that we're reading here in verse 29. It's the call to discipleship. The commentator Butler writes this, he says, This similitude is simply another way of saying, serve Christ. To take Christ's yoke upon you is to take Christ's service upon you. It is to go to work for Christ. And so Christ is calling us to service, calling us to, to work, to labor for him. And the image of the yoke here <clears throat> tells us that serving Christ requires both submission and also sacrifice. You see, the ox wearing the yoke was in submission to the master's will. So that the one driving the ox, you know, he had to follow the, the master's lead, the master's direction. Submit to the work that was laid before it. And that's the point here. When Christ calls upon us to take his yoke upon us, it's a call to submit to him. It's submission. Serving Christ means submission to his will. It means allowing him to take control of our life. It means to surrender our life, our will to his. To serve where Christ would have us to serve to go where he'd have us to go. Now, it's the hard attitude that our Savior demonstrated just before he went to the cross in Luke chapter 22. Just turn there, Luke 22. <clears throat> in Luke 22 and verse 42, <clears throat> read this, it says, saying, Father, if thou be willing... Remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Now Christ demonstrates this attitude of submission. Submission to the Father's will. He says, not my will, but thine be done. And that's what Christ is calling upon us to do here. To take his yoke upon us and be willing to say, not my will, but yours be done. To surrender, submit ourselves to him. It also speaks of sacrifice of self, doesn't it? You know, it's the sacrifice that Paul speaks about in Romans chapter 12. We know the verse as well, but let's go there. Romans 12. <clears throat> Romans 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, that be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We're called to give ourselves to God, to Christ, 
as a living sacrifice. It's to surrender our will, our desires to him. It's to die to self, isn't it? Die to self and follow him. Now, this is what Christ meant in Luke chapter 9 when he said that to be one of his disciples, we must take up his cross. Just go there, Luke chapter 9. I take up our cross. Sorry, Luke chapter 9. <clears throat> Luke 9, verse 23 says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. This call here that Christ puts out to be one of his disciples, he says that we must take up our cross and follow him. To take up our cross means to die to self. To deny self, to put Christ first. And so to take Christ's yoke upon us means to completely surrender ourselves to his will and it means to sacrifice of self, sacrifice our wants, our desires for his. This yoke speaks of discipleship and it's the call that Christ gives to every single one of us as a believer. If we've answered that first call to come unto him and find rest, then the second call applies to us to take his yoke upon us. The call to discipleship. And you know, that leads us to a question. Why? Why should we answer this call? Why should we take his yoke upon us and follow him? Why should we submit to his will and make this sacrifice of self? Christ now gives us some assurances. And so notice me thirdly here this morning, the assurances in the parable. The assurances in the parable. Look there again in verse 29. It says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest under your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now Christ now gives to us here two assurances that we can trust him and take his yoke upon us. The first assurance is the character of the master. In verse 29, Christ says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Christ says, I am meek and lowly in heart. You see, the first assurance that we can trust Christ and submit to his will, take his yoke, is his character. His character. Christ is meek and lowly in heart. You see, the character of the master the one in charge of the yoke is so important, isn't it? You know, you think about a farmer who doesn't care about the health of his ox. He makes a terrible master. You know, because you know, such a master who doesn't care about the health of his ox will overwork the ox, place too heavy a burden upon the ox, and in turn cause the ox to break under the strain. And so the character of the one who is driving the yoke, the master, is of utmost importance. You know, thankfully for us, our master is the Lord Jesus Christ. The yoke belongs to him. He says there in the verse, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. It's his yoke, it belongs to him. 
He's the master. He is the, the teacher. And he's calling upon us to learn of him. And Christ describes himself here as being meek and lowly in hearts. The first word meek here speaks of being mild or gentle. It speaks of the fact that Christ is a gentle spirit. It tells us that Christ is a compassionate master. Matthew Henry wrote this. He said, He is meek and can have compassion on the ignorant, whom others would be in a passion with. Many able teachers are hot and hasty, which is a great discouragement to those who are dull and slow. But Christ knows how to bear with such and to open their understandings. That's a wonderful truth, isn't it? Christ is indeed patient. He is gentle with us. He's not a hard, unloving master. Someone who pushes us too far and loses patience when we're not getting it. He doesn't expect too much from us. Christ instead is he's meek, he's mild, he's gentle. He's patient with us. He's the perfect master for us to have, for us to serve. Added to this, Christ also says that he is lowly in heart. And this speaks of Christ's humility. His humility. You know, an arrogant, proud man is a hard master. We only have to look at the scribes and Pharisees of Christ's day to see the perfect example of this. You know, they were proud, they were arrogant, and as a, as a master, a spiritual leader to the people, they were terrible. They put unnecessary burdens upon the people. Turn to Matthew 23 with me. <clears throat> Matthew 23 and verse 4 says, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uttermost rooms of feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men rabbi rabbi. Here we see the, the Pharisees, a proud and arrogant men who heaped heavy burdens upon the people. You know, they put these heavy burdens upon the people and they made no attempt to relieve how hard it was for the people. They didn't care about the people. They were heartless towards them. You know, their yoke was too heavy to bear, but in their pride, they didn't care, as we just read. They, they only cared about being seen and praised by men themselves. Verse 5, but all their works they do for to be seen of men. That was why they did everything, just to be seen and praised by others. You see, the Pharisees were the very opposite of meek and lowly. Very opposite of Christ. But our master, our teacher, the Lord Jesus Christ, is meek and lowly. He's not an arrogant, unloving master. He's a patient, gentle, humble master. And this gives us a wonderful assurance that we can trust him, can't we? We can come and trust him and take his yoke upon us because of his character. The second assurance Christ gives us is the character of the yoke. The character of the yoke. Look there in verse 30. <clears throat> he says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In verse 30, Christ now 
assures us of the character of the yoke that he places upon us, that he's asking us to take. And he tells us two things about this yoke, doesn't he? He says that, first of all, the yoke is easy. It's easy. Now, the word translated easy here has a a wide meaning. Thayer says this. He says it means manageable, mild, pleasant. It's the opposite to harsh, hard, sharp, or bitter. And so the idea is that when we as believers make the decision to take his yoke upon our shoulders, the decision to deny self and follow him, what we find is that it's not a bitter experience. It's manageable. It's pleasant to serve the Lord. It's pleasant. It's enjoyable to labor for our master here on earth. You know, the hymn writer expressed it well. I am happy in the service of the king. I am happy, oh so happy. I have peace and joy that nothing else can bring. I am happy in the service of the king. Expresses it perfectly. See, Christ's yoke is easy. It's a joyful experience to serve him, to submit to his will, to sacrifice of self. It's important that we understand that the word easy here doesn't mean easy or trouble-free. It doesn't mean that trials and difficulties will never come our way. We know that's not true. Trials do come. They will come. But the point is that as we go through those trials, as we serve Him, it's not a bitter experience. It's not bitter. It's a joyful experience because we're serving Him. Butler explained it well. He said what it says is that in comparison to every other yoke, Christ's yoke is not harsh, or mean, or bitter. Serving Christ is not without problems. The devil will see to that. But Christ's service is not bitter service. It is much better to serve Christ in the worst of situations than to serve the devil in the best of situations. And that's the point, isn't it? Compared to everything else, the the yoke that Christ places upon us is manageable, is pleasant, is joyful. It's a joyful experience to serve him. And then Christ adds to this, he says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now with this second phrase, Christ characterizes the yoke, the the burden placed upon us as light in weight. You see, his yoke doesn't weigh or burden us down, unlike every other burden. You know, earlier we talked about the Pharisees and the yoke that they placed upon the people. In Matthew 23, verse 4, it says, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders. You see, the Pharisees' burden of law was a heavy burden unto the people. It was an impossible burden they could never bear. It was the very opposite of the yoke that Christ is calling us to take upon our shoulders. Now, we also saw in verse 28 that serving sin is a heavy burden. Verse 28, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Serving sin is a heavy burden. It brings guilt and shame. One commentator wrote this, the yoke of sin, which is a yoke of cruel slavery, is a terrible burden, which grieves and and wounds and destroys. It's a terrible yoke. yoke Praise God of the that burden is lifted for us as believers. But you understand, 
can still bring ourselves back under that burden, can't we? We can bring ourselves back under the burden by living in sin. In Romans chapter 6, Paul speaks about the fact that we are free from sin, that we're not to allow sin to reign anymore. Matthew, uh, Romans chapter 6, sorry, Romans 6. <clears throat> this microphone just turn off or back on now Romans 6 verse 11 it says likewise reckon ye also yourselves be dead indeed under sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness but yield yourselves as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness under God. You know, here in Romans 6, I should read this. Sin shall not be over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. In Romans 6, Paul speaks about the fact that we are free now from sin in Christ, aren't we? That burden has been lifted. We're free from sin. And we're not, allow, not to allow sin to reign anymore. He says we are to reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin. Dead indeed unto sin. Not allow it to reign. Not allow it to burden us down. To enslave us anymore. We've been made free. Made free from that burden. And the burden the Lord now places upon us is far lighter, isn't it? It's far lighter. You see, we must never think that our Lord's demands are heavy. You know, we must never think that somehow we're, we're missing out. We're missing out on the world because we're obeying Him. We're missing out on all those pleasures because we're obeying Him. We're serving Him. You know, serving self and serving sin only ever binds and enslaves us. Whereas serving Christ is true freedom. It's freedom. In 1 John 5 verse 3, we're told that our Lord's commandments are not grievous. Just turn there. 1 John <clears throat> chapter 5. First John 5 and verse 3. says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Now that word grievous there means heavy. The Lord's commands to us as believers are not heavy. They're not a heavy burden. They're not unreasonable. They're not oppressive. You know, when our heart is right before Him, when we love Him, and we've surrendered and we've taken His yoke upon us, when our heart is right, His commands are indeed easy to obey. They're easy to obey, and as we saw before, they're a joyful experience to obey. Barnes summed it up really well. He said, The service of God is freedom. The service of the world is bondage. You see, the yoke of service to Christ, our loving, meek, lowly master, the, the yoke he places upon our shoulders is easy and light. It's enjoyable. It doesn't weigh us down. And finally, Christ tells us at the end of verse 29, he says that if we will obey this call to discipleship, he says that we will find rest unto our souls. Look there in verse 29 again. It says, Take my yoke upon you 
and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in hearts, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Here we see fourthly here this morning the promise in the parable. The promise in the parable. See, at the end of verse 29, Christ gives us this wonderful promise of rest. Now, this is different from the rest that we saw in verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We said that the rest mentioned in verse 28 is peace with God. This is something that's ours when we come to Christ in faith for salvation. When we believe in Him, we're, we're no longer burdened by our sin. We're no longer condemned to hell. We're no longer the enemies of God. We now have peace with God. We have rest. But the rest mentioned here in verse 29 is different. It's something more. And we can explain it as being the peace of God, ruling and reigning in our hearts. One commentator wrote this. He said, this rest is a deeper experience. When we come to Christ by faith, he gives us rest. When we take his yoke and learn and find rest, that deeper rest of surrender and obedience, the first is peace with God. The second is the peace of God. You know, the peace of God is the joy. It's the happiness that we have within our hearts as we labor for him in the service of our king. You know, as we seek to walk in obedience to his commands, as we, we seek to obey his will for our life, we find rest to our souls. We find rest. Rest from the turmoil of this world. Rest from all the problems that are going on around us. And there are problems going on around us. We find rest from those conflicts, those troubles. We find rest instead of anxiety. Paul talks about that in Philippians, doesn't he? That we find rest in Christ. You see, all those things no longer unsettle us. All those things no longer take away that peace. Why? Because we are serving the Lord. We have his yoke upon us and we are happy in the service of the king. One commentator wrote this. He said, Obedience delivers us from the unrest of self-will. To obey an authority which we love is repose. It brings rest from the tyranny of passion, from the weight of too much liberty, from conflicting desire. There is rest in Christ likeness. There's rest in Christ likeness. You see, true rest for the believer, true joy and peace within can only be found as we take his yoke upon us, as we surrender to his will, sacrifice of self, and obey him. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, I pray that you work in each of our hearts this morning. Lord, if there's any here who are not saved, may they today realize that Lord, only through Christ can that burden of sin be lifted. And Lord, pray for those of us who are saved that today we'd realize, Lord, that taking your yoke upon us is the call unto us, the call of discipleship. Lord, may we step out in faith, surrender unto you, sacrifice of self. Because, Lord, indeed serving you is a joyful experience. Lord, there is peace and joy to be found. There is rest to be found as we serve you. Lord, may you help us every day to take up our cross and follow you. Lord, strengthen us.
through your spirit, work in our hearts this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.